Roberta and our music team. Thank you for the whisper. Have you heard it yet today? Yeah? What we're going to talk about today, the courage to listen. We are in the midst of our uh, series on our new theme for 2018. So our theme for 2018 is the courage to imagine. What are we imagining? The courage to imagine a world that works for everyone. The courage to imagine living a life of purpose and passion. The courage to imagine oneness with one another. The courage to imagine that God is moving in through an as us. The courage to imagine that as a community we are living fully into our vision to honor that divine spirit within all by being love in action. Right? The courage to imagine boldly, as our daily word spoke about today. The Association for Global New Thought has the courage to imagine a world at peace. Do you? Do we? The Association for New, Global New Thought has the season for nonviolence in this courage to imagine. And that season begins on Tuesday, January 30th. And it goes for 64 days until April 4th. January 30th is, of course, the anniversary of the death of Mahatma Gandhi. And it is framed on the other side of the season by the anniversary of the death of Dr. Martin Luther King. Two individuals with the courage to imagine a world at peace as we live nonviolently with one another. Do you and I have the courage to imagine that and be open and willing to explore where am I not living into that? The courage imagine. And so the courage to imagine invites us, first of all, to empty ourselves. That was our first week, the courage to be empty, to empty ourselves of every idea, every thought, every belief that we are holding in consciousness that stops us from boldly imagining what God is calling us to know and to see and to reveal here on earth. So what do we need to let go of? What do you need to let go of? And as we consider what we might need to let go of within our consciousness, we are also physically taking steps to let go by releasing those things in our lives that no longer serve us. And so boxes, there's still boxes available out in the hall. You're encouraged to take a box with you. If you have some men's things, especially warm things for men, like sweatshirts and sweaters and jackets and boots and those sorts of things, you're invited to put it into a box, and then we are creating a mountain of boxes up here. It's growing. Anybody, anybody feeling a little bit, ugh, because of the chaos and mess of it? We're going to talk about that next week, so hold on to that thought if you must. But bring in your box for the men, right? And those are going to be, we'll be collecting those through February 11th for those who are wondering. And if you have something beyond what we can give to those men, Fill up those boxes as well and either take it to your local charity of choice or go to givingbox.com and print out a label totally free. The mailman will come and pick it up for you and deliver it somewhere for you. So not only are we imagining the empty within our consciousness, what do we have to release and let go of, but what do we physically have to release and let go of? And the other piece of the courage to be empty is that we don't necessarily know all the steps. Does anybody here know all the steps to creating a world that works for all? Yes. We don't know. We don't know how 
we're going to get there, right? But we have to first boldly imagine it, see it in our mind, and then we move into the courage to be aware. What are we aware of? What are you aware of in this moment, right here, right now? Are you identifying yourself? Are you aware of being at one with that divine power and presence of God? Are you aware that you are an individualized expression of the divine? Or are you aware that you are caught up in thoughts of lack and limitation, worry, fear, and doubt? And in that awareness, no, that's where choice begins. We can't make a different choice unless we first become aware. So what are you aware of? Where are you living from in this moment? And if it is not in alignment with your truth, if it is not in alignment with your true nature, choose again. That's what awareness allows us to do. So today we move into the courage to listen. What are we listening to? You know, we are bombarded every moment of every day with the voices out there giving us all kinds of messages and ideas, right? From our social media Facebook pages where you can get all kinds of thoughts to our 140-character Twitter feeds, right? To the 24-hour news cable uh, networks that give us these little sound bites of information, all with the intention, by the way, of getting us to see life, listen to me, and see life in a particular way, right? So what are we listening to? What are you listening to? Now, the problem with where we're at today as a society, as a culture, I think everybody's aware of it, right? We are in such a place of divisiveness and division. Does anybody not see that? Right? And as a result, we have actually put people out of our lives, decided I am not listening to them anymore because they don't agree with me and they make me angry and so on and so forth. Anybody experienced that lately? Have you had the thought, you know what, I'm not even going to talk to them anymore because there's no changing their mind anyway. Anybody thought that? Have you been left out of somebody's life because they say the same thing about you? Are there people in this community, I've heard this, people have come to me and said, you know, Reverend Joanne, I can't believe that there is somebody that thinks like this in unity. I may have to leave the community because I didn't know there were people like that that thought that. Aren't we all of like mind? And here we are, right? All individually coming together. Do we stop listening to one another because we think differently from one another? You know, if you have the idea that I'm going to stop trying to talk to them anymore because I can't change their mind anyway, and you have it in your mind that that other one has a closed mind, I would like to invite you in to consider that there are actually two closed minds showing up there. Just, just consider that. Right? Because I know that we can all have conversations with one another without this desire, this need to change someone else's mind. What I'm really aware of, and I am just going to speak for myself here, is that I ha- if I have to convince you and change your mind, it's coming from a place within me that doesn't necessarily believe it. And so if I can get you to agree with me, now it's further proof that I'm right. 
So can I set all of that aside? Can I open my mind? Can you open your mind and be willing to meet someone wherever they're at? Not because somebody's mind needs to be changed, perhaps just my own. Open to a deeper understanding of who you are and where you are and what you believe. Can we listen in that way with one another for deeper understanding and not to change anyone's mind? So a reading that I came upon today that that kind of spoke to me about this, and before I read it, I want to tell you. So I, a lot of times at Sunday service, will share, you know, these little readings that are not the readings on the back of your bulletin, right? And so we had an email this week from someone who might even be here today about whether or not we could get that information out. Could you put it in the bulletin somewhere? And here's the problem with that. I get up at 5 a.m. on Sunday morning and listen. And sometimes I don't know until 7.30 that I'm going to share something with you. So what Kathy and I have agreed on is that I will give her those readings so that they can go out in the constant contact. So if there's something that I'm reading, if you really are resonating with this, just watch for your constant contact to come out, and the readings will be in there. Okay? Because that's just the way my process goes. So this is a reading from Khalil Gibran, from the prophet. And this is a reading on talking, which seems to be the opposite of listening, but has some great value for us. What does it mean to listen to one another? And then the scholar said, speak of talking. And he answered, saying, you talk when you cease to be at peace with your thoughts. Put that in for a moment. You talk when you cease to be at peace with your thoughts. When you can no longer dwell in the solitude of your heart, you live in your lips. And sound is a diversion and a pastime. And in much of your talking, thinking is half-murdered. For thought is a bird of space that in a cage of words may indeed unfold its wings but cannot fly. There are those among you who seek the talkative through fear of being alone. The silence of aloneness reveals to their eyes their naked selves and they would escape. And there are those who talk and without knowledge or forethought reveal a truth which they themselves do not understand. And there are those who have the truth within them, but they tell it not in words. In the bosom of such as these, the Spirit dwells in rhythmic silence. When you meet your friend on the roadside or in the marketplace, let the Spirit in you move your lips and direct your tongues. I'm going to say that again. Let the Spirit in you move your lips and direct your tongues. Let the voice within your voice speak to the ear of his ear. For his soul will keep the truth of your heart as the taste of wine is remembered when the color is forgotten and the vessel is no more. Do we speak fill up the silence? Do we speak because we're uncomfortable? Do we speak without that deep listening that invites the Spirit of God to speak in us and through us? This is the courage to listen deeply with one another. 
not coming with our own preconceived ideas of who I am and who you are, but open and receptive to discover in this moment, really and truly, who are you? What is speaking through you and as you? And am I open and receptive to hearing that? So the courage to listen without scripting our conversation. How many of you in your conversing with one another, you're not even really hearing because you're already thinking about what am I going to say in response? Anybody do that? The courage to listen deeply. Letting go of what am I going to say in return. But instead, turning myself over to that spirit and presence of God in this moment and simply trusting when it's my turn to speak, I'll know what to say. But I am going to listen deeply to this one that is here, speaking with me. It's only in that way, when we are willing to meet one another in that way, that we can truly imagine a world that works for all beings actually coming into demonstration. We have to be willing to have the courage to listen deeply. So that is the courage to listen on one level that I would like to invite us to. But there's a deeper level either than just this time of listening to one another, and that is the courage to listen to the divine. How many of you have the time each day to sit and listen to God, open and receptive to God speaking to you and through you? And we're not encouraged to do that, by the way, right? If we hear about somebody out there who's talking to God... There's a certain idea that, ooh, they're a little weird. But this is what we teach here in Unity. We can all hear that voice of God that speaks to us from within. In in Unity, we have a five-step prayer process. So the first step is that step of relaxation. First, we have to relax. We have to let go in this moment of any idea that we have that we are separate from God. Let me just relax into this moment, open and receptive. Because prayer is not to change God, it's to change me, it's to change you, it's to change our consciousness and awareness to come into alignment with God in this moment. And so first, we relax, we let go, we empty ourselves, we have the courage to be empty. And then we hold on to the truth. Whatever that statement might be, I am one with that divine power and presence of God. I am one with divine mind. I am open and receptive to receiving a divine idea. Whatever that is for you, you affirm it, and then we rest in the stillness, in a time of meditation, in a time of contemplation. Now, we can enter that time in the stillness one of two ways. We can enter it thinking, gosh, I hope God speaks to me today. We can enter it thinking, I'm not sure that I'm going to hear anything. Or we can enter it with great expectation, knowing without a shadow of a doubt that, of course, God speaks to us. Be still and know, is what we're told in Scripture. Not be still and hope. Be still and know, I am. And I am is one with each and every one of us. So we sit in that 
taste of the stillness with great expectation, listening deeply, knowing we are one with divine mind, knowing there is a divine idea for us here in this moment. We rest and we wait. And after a period of sitting in the silence, giving ourselves that opportunity to listen deeply to the divine, only then do we move out of that place and carry with us a a nugget of truth, perhaps something that's been revealed to us in that silence. Wherever I am, God is, all is well. And we move into gratitude with this step, grateful for this opportunity. That place of the stillness, the courage to be still, the courage to listen is foundational in unity. Charles Fillmore knew that if God was spirit, then I can connect with God in spirit. And so I will sit every night and listen for that spirit of God to speak to me. But the question often comes up, how do I know that it's God speaking with me? If we are constantly bombarded in all directions from these voices, both outside and within, because we all have our inner voices as well, right? How do I know that the voice that I'm hearing is the voice of God? Charles Fillmore tells us in Jesus Christ Healed, if you get a good, strong perception of something that your inner mind tells you is true, act upon it. And you will find that it will come true. Act upon it. The beauty of unity is that you don't need to accept anything that I'm telling you is the truth. You just need to take the ideas and the principles and the practices and work with them and see what happens in your life. How do you know if you've heard the voice of God? If you act on it and what you feel from within is that that peace. As you see it unfolding, as you see your relationships deepening, as you see your creativity expanding, as you see your sense of purpose and meaning being filled, then you'll know I am on track. Now that peace that you'll feel, by the way, don't mistake uncomfort, discomfort, that you might be on the wrong track. Right? So let me share a little bit more about that. When you listen deeply to that voice of God that moves you to take action, many, many, many times it will be action that will stretch you outside of what's comfortable in that moment. I can't tell you how many times I've gone within and said, well, what does love look like here? And when I hear it, I go, oh, I don't want to do that. Because when you are being stretched to be the light of God expressing, you are moved outside of your comfort zone. So the peace that that Charles Fillmore would be talking about, or that here in Philippians, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. That discomfort is not the peace that we're talking about, right? It's not that I will feel comfortable if I'm doing what God wants me to do. No, probably you won't. But if you do it anyways, what you will feel is a sense of peace that you've done what's yours to do. So how will you know if the voice that you've heard is the voice of God? Well, there are some things that you can check, right? Is it, is it harmonizing? Is it drawing together? Is it about changing myself and not the other? Is it about uplifting someone, encouraging someone, having compassion for someone? 
Is it about uniting and not dividing? Chances are you have heard a divine idea. And then put it into practice and see what happens. I have no doubt that if you do so, your life will change. And you'll know, ah, I've listened deeply to that voice of God within me. So are you all willing to practice that with me this week? All right. We know you might get uncomfortable, right? We're not going to let that stop us. Okay? So here we go. Take time every day, even just three to five minutes. Begin your morning in the quiet of your mind. All right. So how many of you have three to five minutes to, to give to this? All right. So for those of you that didn't raise your hand, if you're thinking, no, I don't have three to five minutes, what I want you to do is set your alarm clock five minutes earlier, and voila, you have manifested five minutes, right, to do this practice. Five minutes to fill your mind, to set the intention to sit in that moment in the stillness, deeply listening to that spirit of God within, with expectation that you're going to Hear from that divine spirit of God, listening deeply for three to five minutes. Breathe, listen. And at the end of your time, get up. Go about your day. Don't judge it. Don't walk away and say, I didn't hear anything again. Reverend Joanne said I would hear something. I didn't hear anything again. I must be doing something wrong. No, just go about your day. But as you go about your day, take time again throughout your day to just take a breath, to pause, to breathe, to give yourself over once more to allowing God to speak through you as you, just as Khalil Gibran encouraged us to do. Because I'm telling you, listening can happen in the space of a breath. There are so many times as you know, the spiritual leader of this community, that somebody will come to me with someone, and I feel within myself this, I don't know what to do with this. And in that moment, as long as I remember to stop, to breathe, to remember the truth and to give it over to God, I'm given whatever the words are to respond. That doesn't mean I always get it right, but I keep practicing, practicing, practicing. And I think most of the time it comes out good. So I want to encourage you to do the same. Will you do that with me? So I want to share uh, one other thing, and that is um, King Solomon. So King Solomon, you'll recall, he, uh, his dad, his father, King David, died. And so King Solomon was going to be made king. And God said, anything, anything that you'd like is yours. And what did King Solomon ask for? Who remembers? Wisdom. Right? King Solomon asked for wisdom. Now, the word that was translated as wisdom in that Hebrew scripture is um, lev shomei. Lev shomei. And literally, what that means is a, a wise, a listening heart. A listening heart. So, God, give me a listening heart, like Solomon. Proverbs, I'm going to end with this. Proverbs 18 tells us, a fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinion. So let us not be fools delighting in our own opinions this week. 
Let us be open to the wisdom of Solomon. Listening with an open heart is the courage to listen deeply. Thank you and God bless.